Hey guys, welcome back to my channel, Stories in the Dark. Today we're going to be talking about the New York, Dakota building. It's apparently haunted. So let's do this. New York City is chock full of famous buildings. Empire State, Flared Iron, Chrysler, St. Patrick's. You've seen one or all of these buildings either in one person or in movies a million times. They are also landmarks that like of which few other cities have there's so many strange and interesting stories about these man-made wonders that you can read about one of the most interesting buildings in manhattan is certainly a landmark though it doesn't come up as often as many of, of, of the others possibly because this building is a landmark not for its height or its grandeur but because of the darkness that surrounds it Built between 1880 and 1884, the Dakota started off as a building alone, what was, at the time, an empty area of the island of Manhattan. Today we call that area the Upper West Side, and it is far from empty. Now you know may know the Dakota because that was where Lane Cummings lived in the epic novel series The Babysitter's Club, or you may know it as the exterior of the Brantford from Rosemary's Baby. But to most people, the Dakota is best known for being the last home of John Lennon. As we discussed in a previous place, John Lennon was tragically shot and killed outside the Dakota in 1980. Well, people don't discuss in things that there were sightings of Lennon's ghost at the Dakota since his death. Yo, that'd be so cool. The famous story of Lennon's ghost appearing at the Dakota was told by Yoko Ono. As sh the story goes, Yoko, who lived at the Dakota for 20 years after Lennon's death, saw the spirit of the musical god sitting at his piano. Lennon turned to Yoko and said, Don't be afraid. I am still with you. Before vanishing. That is so sad. Oh my god. Tears. The first reporting sighting of Lennon's ghost was in 1983 when Joey Haro and Amanda Morris spotted the beetle standing at the entrance of the Dakota. Harrow claimed that Lennon was surrounded by an anonymous light, and Morris said that she almost walked up to Lennon, but the look on his face suggested he wasn't in the mood to talk to strangers. I suppose being shot in the back five times by a stranger would make you worry. Before his death, John Lennon claimed to have his own paranormal experiences in the Dakota. Lennon told tales of seeing a spirit he called the crying lady walking the halls of the building. The going theory is that Lennon and others who have seen this crying lady are seeing the ghost of Elsie Vesley, who managed the Dakota through the 1930s, 40s, and 50s. Elise, who was way into the paranormal herself, believed that she had psychokinetic powers and was a major player on the Vendilist movement. As is often the story go when it goes into stories, Miss Vesley suffered a great tragedy when her son was hit by a truck outside the Dakota. The boy died, and by all accounts, Elsie was never the same again. She took to being extra nice and extra protective of the children that lived in the Dakota. Maybe that is why she still walks the halls today. She just wants to make sure all the kids are doing okay.
Or maybe she's trying to help the young girl. The young girl has been a resident of the Dakota for years. First seen by painters, it is reported that the young girl wears a yellow taffeta dress that nearly matches her blonde hair, white stockings, and black leather shoes with silver buckling. She bounces a red ball down the halls and is often is seen entering or exiting closets. When the painters first saw the young girl, she looked at him and proclaimed, It's my birthday, before disappearing down a hall. Not long after, one of the painters died when he fell off a scaffolding and down a stairwell. Everyone decided to blame the young girl, though I think that is a little rash. John Painter was an electrician working on the Dakota in the late 1930s. The wearing of the building was, according to the painter, pretty crazy, with bits and bobs he had never seen before. Often, Painter would take pieces of his circular home to try and figure them out. It was late one night, while Painter was in the basement of the Dakota, working on one of these weird pieces, when he came across the weirdest thing he ever did see. From out of the shadows in the basement came a short man. The short man wore a frock coat and a winged collar. He had a small steel grim glasses that were held up by a very large nose. A well-kept beard could not hide the very fake-looking wig the short man wore. The short man walked up to Painter and angrily glared at him for what, according to Painter, felt like minutes. Then, as if this were a normal thing to do, the short man pulled off his wig and violently shook it in Painter's face before vanishing. <laughs> Painter had four more run-ins with the short-wigged ghost and never figured it out who it was. But damn, if this spirit didn't look like a whole lot like a lot of Albert Cabot Clark, the man who built the Dakota. Apparently, Clark, who died before the Dakota was finished, wasn't all that jazzed about his electrician screwing his building. Mr. Clark wasn't the only guy to, to upset, upset with changes to the Dakota. Joe Misliner, considered the greatest set designer of the golden age of Broadway, lived in the Dakota for years. Melsner died in a cab outside of the Dakota in 1976. He was on the way back from visiting his doctor, who was clearly not very good. All by accounts, he was not happy about it. In the weeks following Melsner's death, workers at the Dakota were de designed by something throwing items out the ground the basement. Wilbur Ross, the tenant of the building at the time, was called into the basement by a pointer who saw a shovel fly off its spot on the wall and land in the middle of the room, some 20 feet away. Not long after, bags of garbage started to fly about the basement. While Bar Wilbur was not present for these moments, he claimed to have seen a large iron bar come off the wall by its own accord and fly at him, landing at his feet. Wilbur attempted to lift the bar, but found it was too heavy for him. I imagine Wilbur stayed of that abatement for after that. <laughs> the most frightening possible spirit at the Dakota is the one with the most ominous name, the Phantom of the Dakota, sometimes called the Mad Slasher. This possible spirit never hurt anyone, though not for lack of trying. It started when people noticed that something was vandalizing the newly installed elevators which were coincidentally designed by Joe Mesler before his death. 
The elevator being attacked with what seemed to be a knife, giant slashes ran through the paneled walls to either have been done by a child and so deep that whoever was doing it had to be very strong. Every week, the panels would be replaced only to be slashed up by a few days later. At this was going on, odd piles of shredded paper were found in the, main, in the halls of the ninth floor, piled up in the fashion that suggested someone was looking to start a fire. Residents began to become suspicious of each other. As one may expert, experts expect, rumors spread without, about who was behind all of this. Things reached a boiling point when a can of paint fell from the roof into the courtyard, just barely missing a tendon. The strange part of it was that there was no one painting, no remodeling happening at the time. There was no reason for a can of paint to be on the roof. People began to wonder, did the paint can fall or was it thrown? Was there murder at Dakota? The only way to know for sure was to get real weird with it. A group of residents of the building took it upon themselves to set up a secret spy club. They would set themselves up in, in hiding spots and with binoculars, watched the comings and goings between the various buildings. All they found were multiple spouses who were having affairs. Oh shit. The phantom of the Dakota seemed to disappear as quickly as he appeared. Some believe that it was the old bald shorty Mr. Clark coming back one more time, unhappy with the new elevators. The most recent events I would find documented came from the Weinsteins. According to Frederick Weinstein and his wife Suzanne, there's a whole lot of activity in their apartment at the Dakota. It started with the sound of footsteps in their dining room, as if someone was frantically pacing back and forth. It seems that the pacing spirit has something against Frederick, who has been found himself repeatedly injured in the dining room. Chairs have been found pulled out from under him. He has been pushed by someone who wasn't there, and on multiple occasions, he had seemed like the rug had been pulled from under his feet. Okay, this ghost better, like, smarten up. One night, on his way home, Frederick looked up to his living room window and was shocked to see the lights were on. Even more shocking to him was that the light was coming from a crystal chandelier, seeing as there was no chandeliers in the Weinstein's apartment. Freddie checked again, making sure he was still looking at the third floor corner window that was his home. Still the crystal chandelier hung in place, lighting up the room. When Frederick entered his apartment, it was dark, and sure enough, there was no crystal chandelier. Possibly the creepiest thing to happen to Frederick happened shortly after he played with his children. Frederick and his kids were goofing around with a Ouija-style game that uses letter tiles instead of the board and pointer. During the game, the spirit messages suggested that the Weinsteins were in contact with the ghost of a little girl possibly the young girl that got wrongfully blamed for the death of a painter in the 30s. When the game was done, Cedric put all the pieces away, stacking the word tiles on a bookshelf. Oh shit. Later, days later, Cedric found two of the word tiles in the pockets of his suit. He came across a third tile in his glass case. The three tiles were, I see you. Is it a Dakota haunted? Maybe. One thing we know for sure is that someone hated the redesigned elevators and a painter died tragically. It is certain. It is certainly has all the pieces of a good haunting. 
Many of the residents, as well as workers of the Dakotas, seem to think the ghosts are real. Film critic Rex Reed, shortly after moving into the building, once confided in a doorman that one of the previous tenants of the Dakota, he would have most liked to meet Boris Karloff, the doorman, being very good at his job, kept looking straight ahead and said in a calm voice, cool voice, he'll be back. Just wait and see.